Hey everyone, for all of the resources and information on today's episode, head on over to utterlyfinancial.com backslash four, and you'll see all the hyperlinks and additional information that I mentioned in today's episode. Again, utterlyfinancial.com backslash four. Welcome to SLP Money, an in-depth conversation for speech language pathologists and private practice owners on how to break through to the next level of your career and business. Join your host, Craig Goldslager, a financial planner and certified exit planner, as he shares strategies and stories that will help you become more financially confident and better invest your time and money. You can learn more and stay up to date at utterlyfinancial.com. Welcome to today's episode of SLP Money. And at the time of this recording, right now, the COVID-19 epidemic or pandemic is currently underway. And there's been a lot of conversations that I've had with clients about uncertainty, whether it's with their practices, their personal balance sheets, keeping things afloat during this difficult and uncertain time. And one thing that I know is that this is certainly not the first crisis that we as a country will go through. There is the Spanish flu back in 1918, which is one of the most common reference reference points to today's situation, whether it's fighting in world wars or dealing with oil crises or the global banking crisis in 2008, there's certainly a history of crises that the country goes through. And what I also know is that this won't be the last one. There will be some future pandemic or crisis that the country endures. So the goal for today is to discuss some different conversations that we've been having with our clients over the last few weeks to talk about how to endure during this crisis, how to keep your practice alive and surviving and thriving during such a difficult time, as well as what to do on your personal balance sheets. The most frequently asked question that our team has answered over the past few weeks are what resources are available to keep my practice operational during this pandemic? There are a lot of different resources available to you, uh, especially from a government perspective. There are three different levels of government aid that can be provided to you. Um, Again, at the time of this recording, there are still things waiting to be passed in Congress at, at a legislative level. So as we speak, the federal government is in the process of completing a three-step fiscal stimulus package to help support the economy during this pandemic. Phase one was an $8.3 billion award to the CDC, FDA, SBA, and other federal institutions and government departments that will help provide additional testing, additional resources during the pandemic. The second was an economic relief bill that will provide paid leave for those affected by the coronavirus. Now being affected can include taking care of family members who are inflicted with the coronavirus. It will provide free testing and other resources as well. And the third fiscal stimulus is going to, all sorts of numbers have been thrown out, whether it's $1 trillion, $2 trillion, $4 trillion. What this will really do is support the most amount of people affected by the pandemic. And so since legislation has not been passed yet, what I will do is, again, if you head on over to Utterly Financial backslash four, I will provide updates once they are available so you can continue to track what this means, what type of paycheck 
you might receive from the government to help support you during the closure of your business, the suspension of your business, if you're not able to go to work. And so what I do want to focus the conversation on though today is what programs and resources are available to you as of today. And so the first is the SBA or Small Business Administration does provide disaster loans to business owners if you are in a disaster location. So if you head over to the disasterloan.sba.gov website, you can see if your municipality or location has been deemed a disaster zone by the SBA. And if that's the case, they do allow you to apply for a disaster loan. And so it's a low interest loan, anywhere from two and a half to four percent, depending on if you are a for-profit entity, a 501c3 entity. And so it's important to know that that resource is something that you can start doing and applying for right now. Um, additionally, if you're looking for larger resources, you can apply for a standard SBA 7A loan. Now that can award you millions of dollars if that's depending on the size of your practice, if you're looking to. Next, I wanna talk about what's happening at the state level. And so every state is different in regards to the type of aid they're providing during this crisis or any other crisis. Uh, as an example, I live in Florida. And so right now, Florida is offering something called an emergency bridge loan to eligible business owners. And so what that would provide is a $50,000 line of credit per eligible small business, depending on your situation. They may even grant up to $100,000. It's a one-year loan that is interest-free for the duration of the loan. If you're not able to pay off the loan at the end of the term period, there would be an interest rate of 12% assessed. So the purpose of a bridge loan is to help cover the gaps that exist right now because of the uncertainty going on because of the coronavirus pandemic. So view this as a way to have access to capital to help support payroll, to help support infrastructure, to keep your practice going during this time. Now, completing the application is pretty standard. If you've applied for any type of loan before, you would review the eligibility to make sure you do have an eligible practice that you would complete the application, gather the supporting documentation that the state wants to see, submit the application. Now they do have resources available to you to help, such as a small business development center. So you can check that out. And again, if you don't have access to capital, a great way if you live in Florida or your business is domiciled in Florida to access capital. Now, a lot of questions that we've been answering over the last few weeks is, are there any banking relationships that are offering relief to consumers, whether it's deferring payments like an auto loan or a mortgage loan or waiving fees if I miss a draft or miss a payment? And so the answer is it depends whether you work with a large national banking institution, an online banking institution, or even a local credit union, it's really important to call them and talk to them. Everyone's aware of the current situation. And so certain lenders or certain institutions might be offering some type of payment extensions or agreements to waive fees if you're unable to make certain types of payments. So 
that goes with credit cards and other types of lenders as well. There are lenders that would be pushing payments that are currently due out a month or out two months, but it can't hurt to ask. I would contact them if that's the situation right now that you're going through. They might even offer you additional payment terms. Maybe it's a short-term 0% interest rate where all eligible charges can be moved to a 0% APR for a few months and allow you to float those charges while the economy recovers and revenues resume to a level greater than what they currently are. Other relationships that you should consider talking to include your current vendors, whether it's your EMR system, your accounting software, your banking relationships. Everyone's going through this right now. This is a pandemic that has impacted almost all, if not all, walks and sectors of the economy. And so talk to them, see if they'll extend you additional payments terms or allow you to extend payment terms. Similarly, if you are renting your clinic space, ask your landlord for something called a rent abatement. You might not even know that when you signed the terms of the lease that there was language in there that gave you certain provisions. Maybe they gave you three months free at the end of your lease term. Maybe they'll be willing to move those free months to now because from a landlord's perspective, they'd much rather keep you as a happy tenant than have to go out and try and find a new tenant during the, this economic crisis. So ask them for something called a rent abatement. See what terms exist in your current lease. Maybe they'll take a few hundred dollars off of your monthly payment. There's just, again, everyone's going through this. And so it's important to have open lines of communications. Similarly, email all of your clients and your customers and share what's going on with your situation. Maybe you've decided to adopt telepractice as a way to see patients while your clinic has to remain closed. And you can start implementing discounts for them participating. Since you're not a teletherapy expert, you're willing to provide a certain discount off of services while you and your team learn how to use web conferencing software or communicate via the computer. There's tons of services that still need to be provided during these times of social distancing. And so reward your clientele who want to stay with you and continue to make the progress that they've been making, whether it's in person or now via teletherapy, it's important for them to continue receiving services. And so one way to do that would be to offer a discount. Another common thing that we've been discussing with our private practice owner clients has been, what do I do with my employees during these uncertain times? Right now, revenues have been cut anywhere from 50, 60%, all the way up to 100%. If you live in an area that's been put on lockdown, you cannot have clients come see you in the clinic space. So what do you do with your employees? Well, every state does have different unemployment procedures, but generally speaking, there are some choices as to what you can do with the employment status of your team. You may choose to terminate some employees. You may choose to do a salary reduction across the board for all of your employees. You may even choose to put your employees on something called furlough. Furlough meaning 
your employees' pay would be suspended or reduced, but they would still have access to health benefits and other benefits that you provided during their time of employment. They would be eligible to seek employment through another clinician or another private practice or hospital system, but in these times, that is an option for you to consider where you suspend the salaries and regardless of the choice you make, whether it's to reduce headcount or do a salary reduction or place employees on furlough, I think the most important thing, just as I talked about with your clients, is to have open lines of communication. There's no reason, most likely, other than the current economic situation caused by the pandemic that you have to make these difficult choices. So I think it's important for you as a private practice owner, or if you're an SLP working for a private practice owner, have these open conversations with each other and share your thoughts and what's going on and what the goals are to come out on the other side of this situation. It's possible that you have to temporarily cease operations of your practice. And then once the pandemic has cleared, you will be eligible to start a new practice or resume your existing practice as is. But as of now, with little to zero revenue coming in the door, be open and honest with your employees about the situation that you take and help guide them through steps of claiming unemployment, what resources are available to them in order to maintain a salary or have some income coming into their household during these times. So when revenues are sliced in half or all the way down to zero, one of the important things for private practice owners and SLPs is to find cash and continue having income come through the door. So another question we've been helping answer is what hidden cash do you have on your personal and business balance sheets? And by hidden cash, we mean maybe there are ways to free up cash flow that can re either reduce expenses temporarily or for an extended period of time. So one of the most common things we've been doing over the last few months is helping clients refinance outstanding debt. Now, by debt, that can be a mortgage, whether it's a home mortgage or a commercial mortgage, student loans, auto loans. Anytime you're, you owe debt right now, one of the things that's been going on in the economy is interest rates have been coming down. So by refinancing a debt, what you accomplish is lowering the interest rate on the outstanding debt that you owe. So if I drop my mortgage rate, let's say, from 5% to 4%, by gaining that one percentage point on my mortgage rate, I will owe less interest to the lender during the life of the loan. And again, that can be across student loans or auto loans as well. And so I would reach out to your current lenders or your current mortgage broker and see what kind of rates exist, because that could be a way to free up hundreds, if not thousands of dollars per month in cash flow. So take advantage of these low interest rates that exist in the marketplace. Also, if you need access to cash right now, you may be able to access it through assets that are typically illiquid. So illiquid meaning you don't easily have access to the capital 
that's held within the asset. So the most common example would be your house. If you wanted to go to your checking account and withdraw money from an ATM, that's very liquid. You can get access to the cash very quickly. If you want to get access to the value of your house, you can't just flip a switch and withdraw money as if it was an ATM. So there are resources, things called Home Equity Lines of Credit, or HELOC is the acronym. There is another strategy to access the liquidity of your home while we're talking about refinancing called a cash out refinance. And what that does is it would allow you to access capital from the value of your home. So for instance, if my home value is $500,000 and my outstanding mortgage is $250,000, I have a paper gain in the value of my home of $250,000. If I do something called a cash out refinance, my mortgage might increase from $250,000 to $300,000, but I would then get access to $200,000 of cash because of the difference of my home value of $500,000 and the new mortgage amount of $300,000. So if you are in a cash crunch and need cash over the next few weeks, months, years, however long, that is one way to access cash from an illiquid asset like your home. Other ways you might be able to find some cash on your balance sheet is to look at your current insurance should I raise some deductibles to lower the premium, whether it's auto insurance, homeowners insurance, these are ways to have cash flow come back into your balance sheet. Also, do you have homeowners and auto insurance through the same carrier? If so, have you asked for a multi-line premium discount? Maybe you wanna add an umbrella policy or some other types of coverage, but if it's through the same carrier, oftentimes they will want to provide you with some type of discount for having multiple lines of insurance with them. Lastly, when we talk about from an assets perspective, there are ways to access cash and capital from retirement accounts, such as a 401k or an IRA. Now, depending on your age, there are strategies where you wouldn't have to pay penalty from the distribution if you take it. So if you're aged 59 and a half or older, you can access money from your retirement plan without paying penalty. You will pay ordinary income tax on the distribution, but you do not have to pay a penalty. Also, if you have a, a 401k, you might have the ability to take a loan from the plan. So all things to consider if you find yourself needing access to liquidity. So the fourth question that we've been helping answer over the past few weeks, especially is dealing with stock market volatility and what should you do with your retirement accounts or investment accounts during times of economic uncertainty? And so one of the principles that our team believes in, similar to how you might be an evidence-based practitioner and believe that science and data are paramount when developing a treatment plan for your clients, we believe in something called evidence-based investing. And there are certain principles and rules that go along with that. The most important of which is to have something called an investment policy statement. And so whether you're a do-it-yourself investor and manage your own investment portfolio or do work with an investment advisor, it is so important to have a clear understanding of what your investment objectives are regarding your investment portfolio. So 
have you set reasonable expectations, objectives, and guidelines regarding the portfolio assets? Do you, do you determine what type of asset classes and what allocations you should have towards these asset classes? Having a certain amount of portfolio be in stocks or bonds or real estate or even cash. So regardless of what happens day to day in the stock market or investing community, it is important to have these goals defined prior to putting money into an investment portfolio. So defining the goal, am I trying to grow these asset values? Am I trying to generate an income off of these assets? Do I want to preserve the wealth for my children or grandchildren? These are all questions that should be answered prior to putting money into an investment portfolio. So some of the questions that we've been receiving are, should I sell stocks because of recent volatility in the stock market? Should I have cash invested right now into the stock market? All of these should be defined within an investment policy statement. So that way you have an understanding again of what a well-diversified asset mix will do and what the expectations are for your account regarding rates of return. And we know that stock market ups and downs will always occur. But again, knowing whether this money will be lasting for 10 years, 20 years, if you're saving for retirement, the money doesn't just have to get you to retirement. You also need that money to generate income while you are retired. So you need to take a perspective of how long the actual investment portfolio will exist for. And that's when you can help derive asset allocation mixes and expectations for what's reasonable. As I mentioned at the outset of today's show, this is not the first crisis that we will endure, and it certainly won't be the last. So one of the questions that we've received from a few clients have been, how can I be better prepared for the next pandemic or crisis that we endure? And one topic that people ask about is something called business interruption insurance. And so as we talked about in episode two, there are a lot of different types of insurances that all SLPs or even business owners specifically should have. Business interruption insurance is an important form of insurance, but right now there's a lot of discussion about whether or not the insurance companies will provide claims for those who have business interruption insurance because of the pandemic. One of the most important things to know in an insurance contract is if there are any exclusions that exist in the contract. So it might very well be that in your business interruption policy, if you have one, that there's an exclusion for epidemics or pandemics. And the reason being that insurance companies have to estimate what the potential claims would be for suffering of of loss. And how can you quantify what's going on right now with the economic slowdown? Typically, business interruption insurance would be used for physical damage that leaves your clinic inoperable. So if a tree falls through the roof, if there's a flood, if there's a fire, but there's a protection clause for the insurance company sometimes in these contracts called a force majeure clause, which means that these losses because of the pandemic were unforeseeable circumstances that the insurance company would not be obligated to pay for. So... If you do have a business interruption policy, I would contact the provider and the carrier to see if a claim could be rewarded. 
More importantly, though, what I want to talk about is what the next pandemic or the next crisis would be. Nobody knows whether it will be on a global macro scale like we've been talking about with the coronavirus or if it's on a micro scale within just your own personal life or your own practice. So that could be anything from a death, a disability, maybe it's termination of employees, maybe it's a divorce from a spouse or fallout if you own your practice with one or more individuals. And so no one knows when these trigger events will occur. We just know that there will be ones in the future, just as we know that there have been ones in the past. And nobody can predict when they will occur, how they will occur, who will be directly affected by it. But one of the best ways to prevent against the unexpected is by insuring these types of losses. And so back in episode two, we talked about four types of insurance that every SLP should own. There are many more types of insurance. Like I just mentioned, if you own your clinic space, why you should have business interruption insurance. Just know that there are ways to help offset some of the risk of these events onto an insurance company and where it's applicable and where it's appropriate, you should evaluate when that can be done. So let's talk about some action items after today's episode. Uh, Number one, most importantly, if you are a private practice owner, stay attuned to the legislation as it's passed. Check out if you do become eligible for direct payments from the government, if you do need to become eligible for an SBA loan or some other type of line of credit. Number two, strongly encourage you to look at your personal and professional balance sheets and see if there is any hidden cash available to you, whether it's through a refinance, a cash out refinance, uh, restructuring student loan debt. There might be ways for you to take advantage of some of these historically low interest rates. And so contact your providers and see if they're willing to work with you or go through the application process to find a new loan. And number three, if you do have an investment policy statement Review what the documentation says and see how well prepared your plan was for the recent stock market volatility. Remember, volatility in the stock market exists daily, but you're building a financial plan that will last for years and decades. So the day-to-day fluctuations aren't as important as much as what's going on in your personal life and in your practice's life. So do you need access to cash for some reason? If that's the case, then you might deviate from the plan. But if nothing has changed within your specific situation, review the plan, see what's outlined, see what's said. And most importantly, during these uncertain times, I hope that you and your family and your employees stay safe. And if we can be of any help to you, head on over to Utterly Financial dot com backslash four again for more episodes we'll be updating the webpage as we find out more information regarding current resources available to everyone thanks again for listening today and we'll talk to you all again soon you've been listening to slp money hosted by craig goldslager want even more ideas on how to make smart financial decisions Head on over to the Learning Center at UtterlyFinancial.com, where you'll find more information for SLPs and private practice owners. While there, you can also schedule a complimentary 30-minute consultation with Craig. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help more people discover SLP money. Thanks so much for listening.
Materials discussed is for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investing advice. While the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations may vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Craig Goldslager is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 2 South Biscayne Boulevard, Suite 1740, Miami, Florida, 33131, 305-371-6333. Securities, products, and services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York, PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Arterly Financial is not affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Craig Goldslinger does not maintain specialized license or qualifications for the financial services provided to speech language pathologists and private practice owners professionals. California Insurance License Number OK78754 2020 93204 EXP 122.